One of the most common questions I get asked is, where did I meet my wife? And I'm sure we've all had that experience where you know, we're around a, a meal table with uh, a bunch of people who we've just met or we've seen many times, but we don't know much about them. And the subject comes up, where did you meet your wife? <clears throat> and uh, when I tell people where I met my wife, it always meets with some uh, it's a little bit of eye-opening, like, where did you meet your wife? Uh, and the name of this story is called The Angry Squire. And that's actually the place where I met my wife, Karen. Angry Squire, for those who don't know it, who are from out of New York, is the name of a bar on 6th Avenue down in the 20s. And I was invited to uh, to go to this bar on a Sunday morning uh, to an all-you-can-drink champagne brunch uh, by my friend Jeffrey. Uh, at the time, I was living on Jeffrey's couch. I had been in New York for... Uh, for about uh, two months, I uh, was still looking for a place to live, uh, and Jeffrey and I uh, were living in a one-room apartment, a uh, studio, I guess you would call it, uh, down in the Chelsea area. And Jeffrey said that he and his, some of his friends, who were all artists or graphic artists or artists of various sorts, were going to get together for a champagne brunch, and they asked me if I wanted to go. So. Having uh, nothing else to do, he told me there would also be a couple of girls there that were from Michigan, specifically from Detroit. He didn't know if I knew them or not. It turned out I didn't know them at the time. Uh, One of them was Karen, and the other one was Karen's best friend, uh, Beth. So I went to the brunch. Of course, Jeffrey and I arrived about an hour later than everybody else, which means that we were about an hour behind in drinking uh, this all-you-could-drink champagne from everybody else. And uh, there was some silliness going on, and it didn't take me long before I had a glass of champagne or two, and uh, I was probably just as silly as everybody else. Anyways, we stayed in this restaurant or this bar until they threw us out around mid around 2 in the afternoon, and we kind of stumbled down the street until we decided to go into another restaurant uh, where we had cheesecake, and we sat in the. they gave us a room in the back. They could see we were kind of loud, so they gave us a room in the back of the restaurant. And there, Karen and I and Beth talked a little bit more. Uh, it turned out that, that at, at that time, Beth had turned to Karen, and Karen had turned to Beth and said, he's kind of funny. Why don't you go out with him? And then they kind of said that to each other, like, Beth, why don't you go out with him? And Beth would say to Karen, no, why don't you go out with him? Anyways, neither one of them really uh, were going to take advantage of the idea of going out with me, uh, which was fine at the time, until about Two or three weeks later, I ran into Karen uh, quite unexpectedly. It turned out that I was also invited by Jeffrey to go to the Limelight, which was a church on 6th Avenue that had been converted into a disco. I use disco kind of loosely because I'm not sure what really what a disco, how it would be a disco. It was a place that they had bands and they had music and people go and dance and they had alcohol. Anyways, it turned out that this particular night at the Limelight, there was a free concert for anyone from Detroit. And uh, Jeffrey had heard about it. Karen had heard about it. Beth had heard about it. And me being in school, I didn't know anything about it at all until Jeffrey said, why don't you meet me there? So I did. Uh, I had a class on Tuesday night, and after the class, I went over to the limelight, and who did I meet on the dance floor but Karen? Uh, 
Uh, we danced, and there was a little bit of chemistry there. Uh, and at the end of the night, I asked her if she wanted to go out and do something sometime, and she said, okay. And so I got her phone number, and she told me she would be gone for about two weeks. She said she was going to Florida. Anyways, about two weeks later, it was about the end of Passover, and on the last day of Passover, I gave Karen a call uh, about 11 in the morning and said, how are you doing? What are you doing? What are you up to? Anyway, she said she was making fried matzah, and I told her that uh, I like fried matzah, and that if she would wait for, say, 20 minutes, I would hop on a cross-town bus, and uh, I would come over. And that would be our kind of first date. And uh, sure enough, she said, yeah, I'll wait. And by the time I got there, and I got a little lost, by the time I got to the top floor of her four-floor walk-up and got inside, I <clears throat> I could smell that the, the uh, matzo bride didn't smell like it was unburned. It sounded like, smelled like it was burning, rather. Uh, so I said, Karen, can I help you? Can I get you know, anything I can do here? And she said, no, 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 everything's under control. Just have a seat. And I did, and sure enough, it turned out that her matzo bry was absolutely perfect. It tastes exactly like my Bobby's matzo bry. And even though there are probably a thousand different ways to make matzo bry, uh, beside the ingredients, it's just in terms of its cooking, you can cook it fast, you can cook it slow, you can cook it chunky, you can turn it, cook it crispy or soggy, or there's umpteen ways to cook matzo bry. Uh, and Karen had hit it right on the nail. She was It was absolutely perfect. And uh, it was sort of uh, quite surprising that she would have something that would taste so right. Anyways, we went for a walk in Riverside Park that, on our first date. And she said later on that she knew during that walk that she and I were going to get married. Uh, I'm not sure why. Maybe it's because she's one of six kids. I'm one of six kids. Her father was in business for himself. My father was in business for himself. Her mother was a teacher. My mother was a teacher. So we we had a lot in common beside the fact that I knew I always wanted to marry a girl from Detroit. Uh, Something to do with, you know, the cold winters and the smoldering hot summers and just the idea that a girl from my own, from my backyard was was something that I thought would be really appropriate, somebody that I could probably spend the rest of my life with. As it turned out that we started dating, and, you know, I saw a lot of very good qualities in her. Um, and I mentioned them to a friend of mine. I said, look, you know, she's, first of all, she's very smart. She went to University of Michigan. She uh, She's organized. She's neat. She keeps a very nice, clean house. Um, she has ideas. She's funny. She's outgoing. So my friend says to me, he said, David, those are a lot of great 1940 reasons for marrying somebody, but these aren't the 40s anymore. These are the 80s. And, you know, we've lived through the Beatles and the love generation, and, you know, we you gotta ha- you got to have more than just 1940 reasons for marrying somebody. And it turned out that I kind of... Some kind of figured that if it was if the nineteen forty reasons were good enough for my parents who stayed together for well over fifty years, um, that it was probably good enough for me too. Uh, and so I started thinking seriously that that I would marry her. And when the time came, um, you know, we, we, while we were dating, rather, you know, we talked about 
you know, whether we were going to get serious or more serious about each other. And, you know, that we I talked about the three-year plan, and there's a story I once recorded called The Three-Year Plan, and Karen shot that down. She says, no, 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 you got six months. So it turns out that after about six months, I, you know, I realized that, you know, her traditions and my traditions were just going to have to work themselves out. And I basically just said to her that, if she's willing to keep a kosher home and she was willing to put up with my Jewishness uh, and raise our children to be Jewish, uh, if she was willing to, to buy into that type of lifestyle, then I would certainly like to marry her. And she thought about it for a second and she said, okay. And that's how it happened. The rest of it, uh, the rest of it's been history. Uh, so that's the story. That's how I met my wife at the bar called the Angry Squire, and uh, a little bit of dancing at the Limelight, and then it was just uh, a bit of dating, and eventually uh, we got married and have had uh, almost uh, twenty-seven wonderful years. Anyways, that's the story. Have a great day. Bye.